Welcome to the Successful Male Podcast. My name is Ron Mahotra. I'm a wealth, success, mindset, and leadership coach and the founder of the Successful Male Movement. In the Successful Male Podcast, we bring inspiring achievers who will help you unlock your inner game changer that wants to play big. The Successful Male Podcast is a show where we highlight the accomplishments of men who are doing amazing things with their life. The show where we share the stories, ideas, and philosophies of highly successful men who went after their goals with courage. The show where we highlight those men who use their highest vision to bring value to others. And the show that seeks not only to motivate and inspire, but transform, so you too can think big, live bigger, and lead with your highest vision. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I hope you find this episode inspirational. Welcome to the Successful Male Podcast. This is your host, Ron Malhotra. A big part of becoming successful is also becoming a successful parent. Um, I know that uh, you know, in the last 10 years, I have invested a fair bit of time trying to develop myself in the best person that I can be. And that involves um, holistically looking at development in the areas of uh, you know, personal development, developing my mind, my abilities, my productivity, you know, financial success, business success, so on and so forth. But it never occurred to me until recently that another part that I, I actually need to invest in deliberately and intentionally is being a good parent. As a father of a four-year-old girl, I find that despite my understanding of leadership, uh, one of the biggest leadership challenges that I've ever, ever confronted is leading my own daughter. And uh, I'm really privileged to have a, a gentleman here who, is, um, who embodies uh, what it means to be a real family man. And uh, someone that truly inspires me in this space. And I'm so delighted to have uh, Peter Border on, on the podcast. Peter, welcome. Thank you, Ron. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Peter, I, I found out about you, I think it was about a year ago, I heard that uh, you know, you're doing this thing called The Professional Dad, which was really about helping professional men become better family men and become better parents. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about where this came from and what inspired you to do this. Well, awesome question. And 10 years in the corporate world, I would class myself as a slow learner because I was that corporate person. And then I met my beautiful wife. We'd married for coming up on seven years later this year um, and 32. So finished high school, got my degree, got into the workforce, did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. Met my wife and realized this is taking up, my work is taking up an awful lot of time here and I want to be with my wife. And then it wasn't too long after we were married. Um, it seemed like the blink of an eye. We're, we're pregnant with our first son and I'm still in this corporate job thinking that I was achieving the success that I wanted because I had the, I had the income, I had the suit, I had the car park, I was in the CBD um, and when, you know, high level office building and I thought I was, I thought I was good and you know, I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And the moment this beautiful baby entered our lives, I was way out of my depth and I just thought, what, what do I do? How do I find this balance? Because work is so taxing on time and energy. And, you know, you're up at 6.30, you're on, in the car by 7.30, you're on the way to the office. You, you never leave in the office before 6 o'clock, it seemed. And that was purely mostly to maintain appearances. And then you get home at 7, 7 o'clock or 6.30. You try and fit in fitness before or after. Everything just seemed rushed. And I thought, this is an absolute joke, is, is personally what I was feeling like. And this, that was not my version of life. And I see so many other dads, especially, and the same thing applies to, to mums as well, but 
dads obviously I can relate because I am one. I've got three beautiful children. Ruben is four. Franklin, uh, he's almost four, I should say. Uh, Franklin is uh, just turned two, and we've got a little three-month-old as of today. She's three months when we're recording this interview. And I'm so glad I've made the choices I have. And my purpose in life, apart from being the world's best husband and the world's best dad that I can possibly be, is to inspire by example to literally demonstrate that it is possible with three kids and running two businesses that you can have um, that financial success, but you must prioritize. And my priorities are family first always. And that's reflected in my daily routine. Um, and I can continue my routine as long as I need to, and I'm always going to live within that priority. So the purpose of the movement of the professional dad is to help other dads who want to, showing them that they can do the same thing. Mm. In theory, but there's always these practical considerations. Well, <laughs> uh, what am I going to do if I give up work? Mm. Um, and let's talk about how a lot of men have grown up. They've grown up with their dads not being around, which mm -hmm. was fairly normal around last you know right throughout the industrial revolution seeing their grandparents maybe and then even in the information age it was you know the traditional roles of the dads was to be out there working hard and not coming home till late and things like that mm -hmm. and uh now there is this uh whole perception that men need to be more involved in the families now for you what was it was it the guilt that made you want to change or was it a true desire and and i mean because you made your purpose literally being a dad and being a good dad and teaching other dads. So you've gone not just from making the transition for yourself. You've gone beyond now. You're going, well, I need to talk about this to other men. Mm. Yeah, it's a big, big leap, right? So just from one yeah. day, because you're going, you, you, you already had that definition of success. You said you had everything, the, the corporate trappings. Correct. Yeah, they are, they're trappings. But then you've gone one step, you've made the change for yourself. And then you've gone, gone back beyond and to make that change. I mean, what, what, was there that much pain involved in not being present for your family? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what it is, but um, my dad worked very, very hard and he's no rocket scientist, but he's done an incredible job in providing for us. But if I could go back and live my childhood and say, hey, look, let's have one less holiday or maybe not get the new car every five years um, and, and I could have an extra day a week with you, dad. If I could go back and choose that, that's what I would choose. I would choose to give up those things so that I could just have that extra day per week with my dad. And this is probably the, the best, simplest place to start. If you think about your salary right now, whatever somebody who's listening might be earning, and you deducted 20%, and you said, well, okay, what if I just work four days a week? And of course, it's not going to be a full 20% deduction. It's probably going to be 15%. And you give that to your children. If you're a parent, if you're a parent, if you're not a parent, go your hardest. Like, seriously, people out there that are single or married, you know, just married and don't have kids, this does not apply to them. But the moment you have a child, if you can make one, if you have the, if the ability to make a child, then you have the responsibility to pay the price and make the sacrifices for that child because your priorities are forced to change. And not everyone changes them because they, but like you said, they see what their grandfather did. They see what their own father did. And just intuitively, that's what we gravitate towards. We think that, well, why should I be there for my son or my daughter? Because my dad was, we don't have this conversation out loud. And in fact, very much it's, it's really in our conscious space but it's running the system in the background which is why we push ourselves to get up early and go to a place we don't really want to be and spend nine or ten hours a day there before we come home exhausted and give our wife or our spouse and our kids second class time because we just don't have anything left in the tank 
Like, okay, so extrapolate that 10 years in the future. Now your kid's 10 years old. How's your relationship with that child going? Compare that to you've cut back 20% of your income. You've got Fridays off every day. Every week is a long weekend. How's your relationship now in 10 years? You're still going to be here. You're probably still going to have a relatively good car. You're probably still going to have gone on holidays. In fact, if you're creative about it, you're going to be able to transition from working from somebody for somebody else to having a really creative position doing something that's probably a lot closer to your passion than what you're doing now because I don't know what the stats are. You would know better than I would, Ron. How many people are totally dissatisfied in their job? The word hate gets thrown around in there as well. I mean, we've got to do something better. We've got to challenge ourselves more to use our mind and be creative about, okay, I've got this dilemma now. I have to work, but I want to be with my kids and I've only got a certain hours, number of hours in a day. What can I do? Well, mm. if you've got a smartphone and a laptop, you've got a global business opportunity in any vehicle you want, whether it's real estate, shares, network marketing, internet marketing, affiliate marketing, whatever it is, it's right there. There's probably an app that would make it so simple if you just use your creativity. But this old mindset is what has to change. And the, and the thing that, that is unique about you is that you're not just talking about being there present with your kids, but you're also saying integrate that with living a life of purpose. Mm. And that's probably an indirect way of serving your kids anyway, because if you're inspired and you've got more flexibility with your time, not only are you available with your kids uh, mentally and physically, but you're also setting a great example for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when we look at, you know, I look back and as I said before, and I think if I could go back and change how I was with, or, you know, the time that I got to spend with my dad, I would. Well, then my choice now is the exact same choice my dad had, but he didn't realize he had one. And I know that he was doing the best that he could with what he had. Okay. But I have this just innate urge inside of me to be there for my son and my, my sons and my daughter as much as I practically can. Now we, we have to provide as parents, we have to provide, but it's a balance that we all need to determine and we all need to be mature about it. But what I really can't stand is people complaining and people putting their head in the sand about it just it frustrates me into action and i would love to be challenged by someone working that corporate job earning six figures saying yeah well if you had the overheads that i had you wouldn't be able to make the same choices and, and you would have to do things differently because i had that i made sacrifices we had to sell our car twice we downgraded when we started our business which was the creativity part that i alluded to earlier and we made those sacrifices. We used to go on more holidays. We don't anymore. But there will be a time when we'll be back to that level again because that creative business side will be in full flight. But if people are working two jobs, if they're working crazy hours, if they, if they don't have the relationships they want with their kids, my challenge to them is what for? If you are solving world issues, keep going. There's a bigger purpose there. If it's just to get the second new car, if it's just to be able to buy in that suburb that your friends have bought in, if it's to keep up with the Joneses under any circumstances, then I want to challenge that directly and say, is that your ego or is that in the best interests of your kids? But there's a couple of justifications that you get from people. I'm sure you would have had these as well. Mm -hmm. Number one, I'm not doing it for the kids anyway. If I'm working hard, isn't it for the kids' best interest? Because I you know, it means I can get them better experiences, better education. Mm -hmm. And two, is it about the quantity of time or is it about the quality of time? Do you get these two responses? Because they're the common ones. I, I, I've heard them. I actually probably at some point used them. Me too. Yeah. Right? So, so take me through. What do you say about these two common 
rationales that people use to justify I love it. not I love having time for their kids. This is where the rubber hits the road, man, because anyone listening who has kids, if they don't have those two questions in their mind, I'd be very surprised. I want to I wanna get back to you. The first one you mentioned is, but I'm doing this for my kids, right? What I just mentioned before you asked that question, the direct challenge, it's the same challenge, is, is it really for your kids? You see, because you, if you've got a car that's less than five years old or even 10 years old and you've got two of them, if you live in an area where your mortgage is around 50% of your expenses, if you are going on holidays, you know, more than once every two years overseas or significant interstate holidays, whatever it might be, I'm directly going to challenge that. I'm going to say, is it really for your kids? But what about, what about things like education and experiences like holidays and stuff? Cause some, I, I've got, I have clients mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that have a significant spend on their kids' education. Now, of course, I sometimes question, do you really need to spend $35,000 in a child's education? <laughs> year, right? but, but, but they're up and there is justification that people actually genuinely feel that that education is valuable. Yeah. Um, and so th- that comes at a price, meaning that they've got to go for the high paid jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any views on that at all? I mean, what do you say to people like that who actually link them not being physically present with their kids to um, not providing a, a better car per se, but better holidays and better education, which is a very, it sits on a, a, you know, as a priority for a lot of people's values. Yeah. And that's, that's, this is, again, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is the dilemma that plays out in people's minds. And this is the battle that I had in my head as well was, you know, but I, I want to be able to do this for my kids. You know, we, we had our first son, you, you wouldn't exactly say like planned, I guess, an in inverted commas, you know, but I believe it's, it's beyond me to determine when children will be born. Uh, we can do it. There's only one way you can guarantee they won't be born. And that's not much fun, right? But this dilemma that people play in, uh, it really comes down to an authentic question, which people and our subconscious comes into this, our ego comes into this significantly. Um, and it's very cunning because it will justify things like, hang on, they need to go and spend 35 grand on their schooling because that's actually a better quality of education. And in reality, it might just be a better uniform. It might just be a better name that you can drop when you're around the, the water cooler at work. Um, that your kids go to that school or this school? What if they're an artist? What if they're a sports person? And, and that school that you're, you're sending them to is totally ill-equipped to service your child's creativity. But again, and, that, and that's a whole nother, that's like a level of detail that I would barely even get to because my first question would be, if you believe that you are putting your kid in that $35,000 education, what does your kid really want? What does your child really want? And the answer when you boil it right back down to it is they just want you. They just want time with you. And if if you said to them, hey, look, I can send you to this school. You're not going to see me during the week. And if you do, it's going to be for half an hour just before you go to bed. And the weekends are going to be busy as well because you've got sport and I've got other things I've got to do because I've got to work overtime. So that's one option. That's plan A. Okay. So you can go to that really cool fancy school or you can go to the public school. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. You go to the public school, but you get me three days every week. What would you like to do? I can, I would bet my bottom dollar that most children are going to say, oh, cool, I'll take plan B. I'll take, give me you three days a week compared to that second class time, which will play into the next question, which is the quality time question you had. That's what I believe the majority, of, the vast majority of children are going to say. All they want is you, my four-year-old, I'm going to write a book, Ron, and it's going to be called With You. Because so many times when I'm in the midst of doing something that I think is more important, my son will say, can we do this or can I do this? 
uh, and can he play with a certain toy or do a certain activity? And I was like, you sure can. And he'll say, no, with you. And it just, it hits me like a ton of bricks every time. And I don't know whether I'm especially attuned to that. I'm sure it happens to every parent. They feel that little voice inside. But perhaps I listen to it more so than other people and they cover it up with ego-built ego stuff, with generational stuff, with stories they've told themselves that do not serve them and they definitely don't serve their children. Um, but that's the key question I would ask, Ron, is when the justifications come out, I would just say, what does your child really want? I'm really glad that you've dissected it to that extent because you're right. So many people who would use that justification really haven't thought it through. Mm. It's just the story that they've told themselves. All so right. the, one of the best ways you can be a dad is, of course, to make time for your children. And so that if you have to make some sacrifice, uh, you do so because you, you firmly believe that uh, the time is one of the biggest gifts that you can give your children. And, and even though it sounds like common sense, if it were common, then everyone would be doing it. I mean, and obviously, <laughs> it's not that common. That's why we're talking about this. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, spending time with them is really, really important. Um, what else would you say are there? Because, you know, one of the things I'm starting to realize is, you know, um, it, it's uh, it's hard to lead yourself as a person. I mean, uh, you know, I... You know, I, I think that it's hard for me to leave my, lead myself. And now I've got a big responsibility. I've got to lead this child. You know, I've got to, how, what kind of human being she turns into mm. is my responsibility to a great extent. You know, that comes with so many challenges and it's, you're developing a human being from scratch. Mm. Mm. Um, why is it that we don't, we, a lot of us just kind of just, you know, just try and wing it. Yeah. Is there, is, there a, is there something that we can do to become better dads? I mean, is there, is there a formula as such? that works for everybody? Are there any universal laws or principles that men can apply to become better fathers to their children? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really, really good point. And um, do you mind if I just circle back just for a minute? Because it plays into the question you just asked just then, which about, you know, are there any standard, I guess, procedures that a, a man can go through or, or a, a dad can go through to make sure they're in touch with um, their responsibilities and obligations as a father? Uh, and it comes back and it dovetails in with the question of this idea of quality time. And, you know, the, the, the high flyer or the, the person who is time poor in inverted commas will say, well, look, I don't spend a lot of time with my kids, but when I do, I make sure it's quality time. Can you imagine the story of, you know, you arrive home or you're on a weekend or whatever, or you've got to spare half an hour between appointments or whatever it might be and your, your kids are close by. And you're able to say, okay, look, I've got half an hour. Let's make these 30 minutes of the most quality minutes we can possibly have because I've got an appointment in 30 minutes, so I've got to go. I mean, the whole idea of that, it just it doesn't make much sense to me. And I think when people ask themselves honestly, um, they'll, they'll feel the same way. And the balance or the, the opposing side of that, the, the flip side, I should say, is imagine that you go on a, a walk around a national park. I'm blessed enough to live close to a national park and... Um, my wife and I take our kids for walks around the duck pond um, every few weeks. It's absolutely fantastic. And in those moments, and I've only got young children, but definitely I notice between me and my wife, when you are in a place like that and when you've been walking already for half an hour or 40 minutes, the conversation just naturally, and you and I, if we talk for long enough, you know, deep and meaningful conversations don't happen in five minutes. And you, when you meet somebody, you need to establish that rapport and build that, those bridges of communication and that doesn't happen in a short space of time so the idea of quality time is I believe our ego is justification for spending a lesser amount of time with our kids and that's so that's the posture of where I come from 
as far as the universal laws that um, if that's the, the right way of putting it. Well, any principles, you know, there's always we talking about principles of success, we talk about principles of money, we talk about principles of business. We said there are some fundamentals that if you're, you know, there are rules, are there rules for parenting? Uh, parenting for, 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 for fathers, obviously, given that this, this podcast is around uh, becoming a better dad, mm-hmm. are there any fundamental principles that, you know, we, we, we can say, well, if you're, these are some fundamental rules that will definitely uh, make you a better dad. Is there such, is there such a thing? Absolutely, there is. And the, the phrase that I love is that kids, they don't always spell words correctly, Ron, but they definitely spell the word love correctly. They spell love T-I-M-E. That's how a child spells love. If you are absent most of the time, but are able to buy them, or you think that you can buy their love, um, they know the difference. Love is literally being there you can't replace that it's it's not something that can be made up for in other areas and if and like i say you know if you gave if i had the choice now to go back and and i had a blessed childhood i this is not a complaint it's an improvement i love my childhood but if i could go back you know i asked i asked my dad this would you change anything and he sort of you know with a smirk on his face he says he says no i wouldn't change anything in this world i'd um he, he says if uh if I had to live it all again, I'd do it all the same way because that would, that would mean I'd arrive at the same place here and he's very happy where he's right now. Whereas my challenge is when I look back at my childhood, I think, you know what? I, I would actually love to spend more time with my parents. They both were working um, and interest rates were crazy back then. Like, that, you know, I had never heard anything like that. You know, 17, 18, 19% interest rates. My mum and dad were incredibly, um, uh, they had the presence of mind to pay their house within eight years. Um, so I don't know what they did after that to, be, to tell the truth because they just started buying properties left, right and center after that, I think. Um, but the key for me is T I M E is the, is the way that kids spell love. And if we are, that's, that's a principle that I live my life by. I allocate time for working. I allocate time for being, and that is, that is being productive. That is producing something of value. It's, it's no longer just punching a clock for me because that did not give me purpose whatsoever. Um, I allocate time for my personal growth. I allocate time for my physical health and I schedule time for my kids. I'd love for somebody, you know, if you want to ask me what my schedule is, Ron, I'd love you to ask me because I love sharing it with people because they go, really? How is it possible that you spend that much time with your children? And I'd love to share that. I would love to share that. So is that a question that you want to ask me, Ron? I want to ask you that question. But I also, <laughs> want, to, also want to point out when you were telling me about this quality time thing, I actually... For a minute there, probably the first time I've ever done this, I actually put myself in, um, in that position where I thought, well, if I was the child and my dad said to me, I only got half an hour with you, let's make it quality time. I don't think I'll be able to enjoy it because I think I'll have this insecurity, almost this insecure feeling that it's not going to last very long and there's a time limit to it. Yeah. And it's the only time that I've put myself in the in the shoes of a child to, to try and work out what that would feel like for somebody to say that. And as I've done that, I've kind of had this um, realization and I think probably not a bad idea for the men that, um, you know, talk about quality time to put themselves uh, in that space and just imagine what it would be like to have your parents say that to you. Cause I think that hits you hard. Yeah. yeah. But please, please run me through the, that routine of yours that, cause I see these videos of you, you know, pumping iron in the morning and, uh, <laughs> spend a lot of time with your family. Yes. How do you balance it with work and how do you make it all work and still live a life of purpose and be a good family man? How are you doing it? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I love the question. I'm glad you asked, Ron. Um, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you my response, very candid response in, in in one sec. How did just going back one moment for how you felt in the, when you were in your children's shoes when your dad says, you know, you only got half an hour. Doesn't it really reinforce the priority that you have in your parents' life when they say, I'm going to give this big chunk of time to something you know nothing about? Yes, it provides the roof over our head and all those things which our ego tries to justify again. And there's a mature judgment that you need to have here. But doesn't it let our kids know what priority they are when we barely even schedule any time for them or the time that we do give them? We are in second class time in our own mind because we're exhausted. Doesn't what, what message are we sending to our kids? You know, I snap at my kids just because I'm tired. I, I really do love them, but I'm just so tired after the end of the day that I can't help it. I'm like, what if, what if the phone rang and you knew there was money at the end? I'm sure you would turn it on. What if someone knocked at the door and you thought there was an opportunity? I'm sure you would turn it on. But we've got this set psychology in our head that when it comes to our kids, it's okay to give them that second class time. And in my opinion, it's a terrible mistake to actually buy into that story, which most people believe because they see all their friends doing it. It's popularized in the media, you know, the TV shows you watch. It's just the way people think that's just the way it should be. And if my voice can reach any ear, I'm letting you know that's not what your kid wants. And there is another way. And that's what I'm going to tell you right now. So your question about my, um, my schedule, I have scheduled into my calendar three of the most important times during my day. One is between 7 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. Now, this isn't a perfect world run, okay? I'm a human being and I don't always stick to this and I borrow time here and there. Again, it's about having mature judgment from this. But I know I wrote down a, a quote actually on um, Tuesday this week. It's right in front of me. I said, um, the things I schedule get done and the things I don't, don't. So at least if you start off with a game plan, you've got some chance. If you have no plan, if you've never scheduled it, there's a much lower chance it's going to happen. So anyway, so I schedule between 7 and 8.30 or 20 past 8 now. So that's about an hour and 20 minutes approximately with my kids in the morning. Okay, so that's not posting on Facebook. I've already done my post. I've already done my video if I'm doing a video. I've already done my workout. I've already done my gratitude list. I've already done my mindset, my spiritual growth. That's all happened before because I'm up at 5 o'clock. So if you don't like early mornings, welcome to my world. Neither do I. You've got to make time. So 7 till 20 past 8 is for the kids. I'm lucky enough, when I say lucky enough, I've been creative enough, persistent enough, sacrificed enough to now have been in the position where I work for myself. I have two businesses that I run. Um, the professional data, my coaching business uh, is one business and I have a network marketing business, which is steadily growing as well on the side. Um, and that, they, both of those take time and energy. So that's allowed us to do what we're doing now. The next part of, important part of my day is between 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. And that's when I, uh, my office is two and a half minute ride, a bike ride from my house. I ride back to my house. I have lunch with my wife and lunch with my three kids. I nurse my little three-month-old baby for a little while. I play with my two sons. I, most of the time, I put my two-year-old to sleep um, during the day for his midday nap. Um, and then the next time uh, that I have in my calendar is between 4.30 and 7.30 p.m. And during that time, sometimes I succumb to checking Facebook. Sometimes I succumb to a phone call. But the majority of time, Ron, those blocking, blocked out times of my day are all focused on the kids. I put my phone in a drawer and I shut the door to my study so that I, even if my phone beeps, I'm not even tempted to go and check it. I, I give my kids that focused attention during those times. And then after 7.30, I may have a coaching session. Um, if I don't have a coaching session, I'm just going to relax, maybe have an early night, 
um, or spend some time with my wife. And that's, I can do that for the rest of my life and I'm as happy as Larry, I'm building my financial goals and most importantly, I'm raising my kids. I'm just thinking if they ever, you know, when your kids grow up and they listen to this recording, how proud they're going to be of their dad. And uh, the fact that you consciously make this um, the way of, um, of how you, the way you, the way you live. Um, and uh, the fact that you have consciously made sacrifices and you made adjustments and um, you've given up things and you worked hard and you've done all of that. Um, but, but it's great for them to, this is a great uh, recording and some point they, when they listen to it, they realize that uh, it doesn't just happen by itself, does it? You've got to just make some decisions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well done. Congratulations. And I think it's, it's such a great message. Uh, and to me, uh, you do embody what it means to be a successful man. You live your passion. You're there for your family. You're adding value to others. You're, you're entrepreneurially getting out there. You've got, you're following your vision. And to me, that's what success is about. And when we said at the Successful Mail, we're redefining success, we wanted to incorporate concepts uh, that are about holistic growth as opposed to just growth in one or two areas, which is typically how most people perceive success, mainly men, that they well, if you're making money and you've got a private jet or you've got a massive business. And of course, all of those are parts of success, but they can't be all about success because in my opinion, you're right. If you have not been engaged with your family, you haven't been, you missed out on all of those times. You missed out on your health, connecting with your family. You really, are you really successful? Mm. You know, we need to start questioning these things because then down the track, it does come back to bite people. I mean, I've seen situations where, you know, people haven't given importance to these sorts of things and it usually results in litigations within family. You know, there's a state, there's estates that come up and then there's all sorts of issues. And you start to realize that even though you may have made all of that money, it's come at a big price. And sometimes it's money itself that you end up paying, but sometimes it's health. Sometimes it's estranged relationships. Yeah. Uh, so it's really good to see you doing deliberate work in this area and, uh, and helping men with this. Um, if people want to find out more about you or your coaching services, uh, how can they find you? Sure. So the Facebook group, which is growing beautifully, Ron, as you know, is, is called The Professional Dad. If you search Facebook for The Professional Dad, um, that'll come up and you'll see my uh, handsome photo in the, in the Facebook banner there. Um, that's the group where I, I put most of my content. Not a day goes by that I'm not adding either a video um, or some, an article that I've written or some daily content in there um, to help, help people find encouragement and hold them accountable to their goals. But also I have a Facebook page, Peter Water Coaching. I've got a website, but no one really goes there anymore. That's okay. Um, it's all Facebook-based, okay? And at the end of the day, if someone really wants to have a conversation, then it's got to be via the, via, you know, geography is no boundary. Um, there are people all over the world that I'm talking to um, about these sorts of issues and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. But um, the, the key focus is to, uh, you know, keep focused on, uh, Zig Ziglar, he, he has this beautiful quote. I know you asked me a question about how they can get in contact with me, but I have to share this. As parents, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And I know that might seem like a play on words, but when you really think about it, our job is to make sure that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And when it comes down to being a parent, it's it's raising your kids, you know. Do you mind if I take one more second wrong? The, the person who is, is building this business and justifies it and says, you know, I can't spend that much time with my kids because I've, I've got to build this business. And I feel like saying, yeah, and you've got to raise your kids too. And which one to you in 20 years time is going to mean the most? And that's, that's the challenge. So 
people can find me on Facebook. They can Google Peter Border Coaching. They can search Peter Border Coaching or The Professional Dad on Facebook. Um, and they'll get more of this energy. Um, it's, uh, it's very candid. It's very authentic. It's very to the point, Ron, because uh, the world doesn't want any more crap. They want authenticity. And uh, that's my calling. It's just to, to demonstrate by example um, and be there to support and encourage people that, that want that support. And I, and I fully endorse you because I know for over, a, and I observe people for a long period of time. I don't just scream. I see the consistency. I see the passion. I know you mean this. I know you're there too for your clients and I know you're there for your community. And I thank you because, uh, you know, you provide me with so many inspirational insights on, you know, it's, it's always a balancing act. You drop the ball. But if I didn't have somebody like you uh, that was providing inspiration in that area, I may have just left the ball there and not picked it up. Right. So, Having you there as part of uh, my networks means that when I drop the ball, I have now they have the awareness that I've got to pick up that ball and I've got to maybe uh, step back from some of the other things that I have made a priority and then make this a priority. But look, I mean, I think I, have, I personally have work to do in this space and uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, men uh, have, have work to do in this space. And I'm glad that you admit that you went through it as well. So it's not about shaming dads. It's about saying that, look, we have all of us have come from that culture of yeah. traditionally seeing our roles and rationalizing our need to be at work. But it's now about starting to really start being honest with ourselves and go, well, is that what really matters? So thank you so much for shedding light on such an important topic. Peter, um, appreciate you and I appreciate your time. It's great to have you on board and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Ron, mate. I, I appreciate it. It's a privilege to be on your show. Thank you very much for having me.